On today's Infinite Knowledge podcast, we will explore the subject of disruptive strategies, altered states, and self-discipline tactics interact with achievement of objectives. In the perennial quest for innovation and advancement, the human experience is characterized by a desire to surpass our limitations, shatter perceived boundaries, and achieve seemingly unattainable objectives. This pursuit often necessitates an embrace of disruption as a catalyst for transformative change. Disruptive strategies emerge as powerful agents in this context. They are the proverbial Trojan horses within conventional systems, often beginning as under-recognized elements that eventually redefine industries, social behavior, and individual pathways to success. Clayton Christensen's notion of disruptive innovation encapsulates a scenario in which an entity challenges established players not by playing their game better, but by fundamentally changing the rules. In practice, this can be seen in how digital streaming services irreversibly altered media consumption or how ride-sharing platforms redefined urban transportation. These disruptions do not merely occur at the macro level of industries. They also play a critical role in our personal development and achievement of objectives. The Framework of Objectives and Key Results, OKRs, espoused by thinkers like John Doerr, offers a structured method for setting and tracking ambitious goals. Yet even within this framework, a strategic disruption, such as a pivot in focus prompted by unexpected data, can be instrumental in breaking through plateaus and achieving breakthrough growth. Consider altered states of consciousness. They possess their own disruptive potential in unlocking new realms of cognitive and creative performance. The celebrated flow state, a term coined by psychologist Mahali Csikszentmihalyi describes a mode of being wherein individuals are wholly immersed in an activity, their skills align perfectly with the challenges they face, and their sense of time and self-awareness dissolves. In this state, performance is heightened, often resulting in exceptional outputs and the achievement of objectives that might otherwise seem daunting. Advances in neuroscience have shed light on the mechanisms behind these states, reinforcing the possibility of deliberately inducing them to optimize for success. Methods such as meditation, controlled breathing techniques, and even the judicious use of psychoactive substances can evoke altered states that break conventional patterns of thought, fostering innovative solutions and pathways toward objectives. Yet the intrinsic value of disruptive strategies and altered states diminishes without grounding them in self-discipline. Tactics to enhance self-discipline serve as the keel that keeps the ship of ambition steady in the tumultuous tides of change. Self-discipline is not merely a monolithic fortitude, but a dynamic interplay of habits, routines, and self-regulatory strategies that can be honed through methods like reflective practice, the Pomodoro technique, or the stoic practice of premeditatio malorum, the anticipation of potential challenges and the mental preparation for them. These self-discipline tactics, when internalized, enable an individual to persist through the discomfort that inevitably arises from disruptive change or the strangeness of altered states. Angela Duckworth's research on grit posits it as a determinant of success, the sustained commitment to long-term goals, and the resilience to rebound from setbacks. The confluence of disruptive strategies, altered states, and self-discipline tactics is a rich nexus for exploring the realization of objectives. Each component complements the others, forging a holistic approach to personal and societal evolution.
In synthesizing these elements, one must be strategic, intentional, and adaptive, ever mindful of the complex interplay between innovation, psychological states, and the unwavering focus that drives one towards their vision. The synergy of these domains is not guaranteed, and therein lies a territory ripe for exploration, a space where the maverick spirit of human endeavor continues to defy the ephemeral and construct the lasting edifices of progress and purpose. The concept of challenging and subverting the status quo is deeply interwoven with the philosophy of progress. It is an act of rebellion against the present in favor of an envisioned future. This rebellion does not necessarily entail a total overthrow, but often requires strategic, pinpointed subversions that recalibrate the trajectory of our individual lives and collective endeavors. The dynamics of subversion rely on recognizing that the systems and paradigms governing the world have their inflection points, moments at which they are most susceptible to change. One might ponder the multifaceted role that technology plays in advancing this kind of disruption. The advent of blockchain technology, for instance, poses an existential question to traditional financial systems by presenting an alternative based on decentralization and transparency. It is a prime example of a nascent idea that gained momentum to confront established norms, challenging the traditional roles of banks and regulators. But as promising as technological disruption may be, it also brings forth ethical considerations around privacy, security, and the digital divide thereby rendering the moral implications of subverting status quos as quintessential to the discourse. Furthermore, it is essential to understand the psychological factors driving individuals to seek out and drive disruptive change. From a social psychology perspective, the theory of planned behavior elucidates how attitudes, social norms, and perceived behavioral control interplay to shape one's intentions and actions toward disrupting the norm. The willingness to engage in and persist with disruptive behaviors is predicated on the perceived value of the outcomes and the belief in one's capability to effectuate them. In addition, the interplay of resilience and the ability to thrive in the face of adversity cannot be understated. The concept of anti-fragility, as postulated by Nassim Nicholas Taleb, offers a robust framework for understanding how systems, organizations, and individuals can not just withstand shocks but also benefit from them. Anti-fragility goes beyond resilience and robustness to describe a system that thrives and grows when exposed to volatility, randomness, and disorder. Embracing disruption could, therefore, be seen as an exercise in cultivating anti-fragility, priming oneself or one's organization to use unexpected changes as fuel for growth and innovation. Subversive strategies also require an appreciation for complexity and systems thinking. Rather than viewing problems and solutions in isolation, systems thinking provides a lens for understanding the holistic and interrelated nature of our world. As such, one learns to identify the leverage points within a system spots where strategic intervention can lead to significant and potentially transformative changes. Multi-level interventions that consider individual, community, and systemic factors are more likely to foster sustainable change than those that address isolated components. In the pursuit of goals that disrupt the status quo, partnerships across different domains emerge as a strategic force multiplier. Cross-pollination of ideas from diverse disciplines not only sparks innovation, but also creates robust support networks to navigate challenges inherent in challenging entrenched systems. 
This demonstrates the importance of interdisciplinary approaches and collaborative ecosystems that can incubate and accelerate disruptive thinking and practices. As we trace the outline of this wide-ranging mosaic, the amalgam of disruption, goals, altered states, and self-discipline, we begin to see an intricate pattern, one that speaks to the audacity of human ambition and the valor to reimagine what is possible. This nexus is an ongoing conversation, not just about strategies and disciplines, but about the underlying values and visions that propel us toward action. Mastery does not lie in the attainment of a final product, but in the perpetual engagement with the unfolding process. Thus, the narrative of subverting the status quo is always evolving, inviting us to participate, experiment, and ultimately, to continue the voyage toward ever more audacious horizons. Subverting the status quo through embracing disruption is a multifaceted endeavor that encompasses various facets of social, economic, and personal life. It is at once a philosophical stance and a tactical approach to achieving goals that are otherwise constrained by existing norms and practices. We observe the rhythmic push and pull of entrenched traditions and innovative forces throughout history. During the Industrial Revolution, traditional crafts and local industries were disrupted by the advent of mass production. In the modern era, digitalization and the internet have similarly revolutionized communication, commerce, and the very fabric of social interaction. These examples illustrate a pattern. Disruption often functions as both destructor and creator, dismantling old ways while simultaneously laying the groundwork for new paradigms. This principle holds true at the individual level as well. Personal transformation can be viewed as a microcosm of larger societal shifts. The quest for self-improvement and actualization often requires the dismantling of self-limiting beliefs and habits, deeply personal status quos that inhibit growth. Consider the work of psychologist Carol Dweck, who introduced the concept of a fixed versus growth mindset. Adopting a growth mindset is a form of positive disruption that empowers individuals to embrace challenges, persist in the face of setbacks, and see effort as a pathway to mastery. When we consider subversion itself, it's evident that not all disruptive acts are equal or even desirable. Ethical frameworks guide us in determining the value of a disruption. Innovations in genetics, such as CRISPR technology, offer the potential to cure genetic diseases but also raise ethical concerns about eugenics and bioengineering. Balancing the benefits of subversion with the moral questions it raises is crucial in ensuring that progress aligns with the collective good. In the context of cognitive thinking, Kahneman's dual process theory, which distinguishes between intuitive, fast, and rational, slow thinking, is pertinent. For disruption to be successful, it must negotiate with our instinctual resistance to change that comes from the intuitive mind and engage the rational mind to evaluate the long-term benefits of overhauling the status quo. This intertwining of intuition and reason underscores the intricacy involved in compelling people and institutions to step out of their comfort zones. To subvert effectively, one must employ a strategic blend of storytelling, emotion, and analytical persuasion. This combination can catalyze movements, foster innovation, and inspire collective action, as evidenced by historical figures like Martin Luther King Jr., whose eloquence and moral clarity disrupted the status quo of his time and propelled the civil rights movement forward. It is with a deep appreciation for the intricate dance between the need for stability 
and the impulse for change that we can conclude our exploration of subverting the status quo for goal realization. The luminous thread connecting these ideas is the recognition that disruption is not merely a tactical maneuver, but also a fundamental expression of the human spirit. The evolution of societies and the transcendent arcs of individual lives are testaments to our remarkable capacity for adaptation and transformation. The narrative of subversion, therefore, is never static. It invites continuous recalibration and re-engagement. As we venture through the labyrinth of norms and conventions, we are beckoned to not only adapt, but to lead, to employ our collective intellect, empathy, and moral courage in sculpting a future that reflects our highest aspirations. In this way, we honor the philosophy of progress by contributing to a never-ending journey, one that weaves together the enduring quest for knowledge, the relentless pursuit of innovation, and the unwavering commitment to forge a world ever hopeful of new horizons. So, we dove into the concept that innovation and advancement in the human experience are driven by our quest to transcend limitations and often require disrupting the status quo to facilitate transformative change. Clayton Christensen's idea of disruptive innovation was discussed as a force that changes industries by altering the rules of the game, evident in digital streaming and ride-sharing platforms. The role of personal development in this landscape was touched upon, with the OKR framework guiding ambitious goal-setting, though strategic disruptions remain crucial for breakthroughs. We then shifted to the power of altered states of consciousness, like the flow state, to enhance cognitive and creative performance, promoting success through methodologies like meditation and controlled breathing. The importance of self-discipline as the stabilizer in the face of disruptive change was highlighted, with strategies such as reflective practice and premeditatio malorum reinforcing resilience. Angela Duckworth's research on grit correlates to the sustained commitment needed for long-term achievements through setbacks. The conversation further delved into the role of technology in disruption, with blockchain technology challenging financial paradigms, raising questions about ethical implications. The psychological factors driving disruption were represented through the theory of planned behavior, and the concept of anti-fragility suggested benefits from volatility. We also acknowledged systems thinking for identifying transformative leverage points and the significance of interdisciplinary partnerships to support disruptive initiatives. Finally, we explored personal transformation requiring the upheaval of self-limiting beliefs, exemplified by Carol Dweck's mindset theory. Ethical considerations around disruptive technologies such as CRISPR were pondered for their societal implications. We discussed how effective subversion harnesses both intuitive and rational thinking, as well as a strategic mix of storytelling and evidence. The section encapsulated the dynamic between the impulse for progression and the inherent human spirit that constantly drives us towards adaptation, innovation, and envisioning new possibilities for the future. Self-discipline, often envisioned as the strict taskmaster, the silent sentinel guarding the citadel of success, is unsurprisingly the keystone in the grand arch of attaining objectives. It is not merely a trait, but rather an evolving practice, a dynamic bedrock upon which the towering edifice of achievement is meticulously constructed. Seldom is it acknowledged that self-discipline is both the vehicle and the journey. It is not enough to willfully clench one's fist and press on. 
Mastering self-discipline requires a profound understanding of the human psyche, a thorough apprehension of one's weaknesses and strengths, and a deliberate orchestration of the former to serve the latter. At the heart of self-discipline lies the concept of delayed gratification. This principle is thoroughly studied within the field of psychology, notably in the Stanford Marshmallow Experiment by Walter Mischel, which explores the correlation between delayed gratification in childhood and the success in later life. The ability to resist the lure of immediate pleasure for a greater reward in the future is not just a predictor of individual success, but also emblematic of the cognitive maturity required for self-discipline. However, beyond psychology, the understanding of self-discipline intersects with philosophical stoicism. Stoicism teaches the art of asceticism, not as an end, but as a means to practicing self-control, clear judgment, and inner peace. The stoic approach to self-discipline isn't about suppressing desires, but aligning them with a rational assessment of what's truly beneficial in the long term. It's about harmony with the logos, or the rational structure of the universe, and an embracement of one's role within it. Yet, perhaps surprisingly, the biological underpinnings of self-discipline also offer profound insights. The prefrontal cortex, responsible for executive functions such as focus, forecasting, and impulse control, plays a significant role. Neuroscience has taught us that self-discipline can be strengthened in much the same way as a muscle, through consistent use and gradually increasing challenges. There is a symbiotic relationship between self-discipline and cognitive functions, each enhancing the other like two dancers in lockstep. This maturation of self-discipline does not happen in isolation. It's an adaptive response to a world that is increasingly complex, where the deluge of information and the immediacy of digital gratification continuously test one's resolve. Here, self-discipline becomes a conscious filtration system, allowing an individual to navigate through the noise, focusing on what is critical over what is convenient. The journey towards objectives also frequently involves encountering and overcoming failures. A refined self-discipline understands that failure is not the antithesis of success, but a critical part of its architecture. It is through disciplined analysis of failure that lessons are gleaned, similarly to the iterative process found in the scientific method, where hypotheses are tested and refined until the closest approximation to truth is achieved. Moreover, self-discipline is indispensable in the shaping of habits. The literature on habit formation, from James Clear's Atomic Habits to Charles Duhigg's Q-Routine Reward Loop, emphasizes the significance of structuring discipline into automated behaviors that align with one's goals. This automation frees up mental resources, allowing higher cognitive function to focus on more complex tasks, a strategy particularly adept at navigating the cyclical nature of motivation and energy levels. In the midst of this lies the paradox of choice. While self-discipline might imply a restrictive path, it is the unfathomable number of daily decisions, as expounded upon by psychologist Barry Schwartz, that truly necessitates it. Self-discipline provides an anchor, a heuristic that reduces cognitive load and guides these choices toward one's greater aims, acting as a compass through the sea of possibilities. The interplay between disruptive strategies, altered states, and self-discipline is notably pronounced in recent understandings of flow states, articulated by psychologist Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi. 
Engaging disciplines that induce such optimal experiences can paradoxically foster a heightened state of focus that could make the disciplined pursuit of objectives feel almost effortless. This suggests the possibility of disruptive self-discipline, where one strategically disrupts routines to create optimal stress levels leading to flow, thus catalyzing performance and learning. In deciphering the enigma of self-discipline, it's essential to consider its relationship with personal values and vision. The alignment of daily actions with one's cardinal values underlines the essence of self-discipline. Viktor Frankl's Logotherapy, derived from existential analysis, postulates that a meaningful life is the primary, most powerful motivating force for human beings. In this context, self-discipline can be viewed as a commitment to personal responsibility wherein an individual consistently chooses actions that resonate with their intrinsic values and long-term existential goals. This perspective transforms self-discipline from a struggle into a volitional path of authenticity and purpose. The cultivation of self-discipline also intertwines with the practice of mindfulness. Mindfulness, the art of being fully present and engaged with the here and now, encourages an acute awareness of one's thoughts and actions. Through mindful practice, one can observe the impulses and desires that typically prompt immediate gratification without automatically yielding to them. This enhances the ability to make choices that contribute to self-discipline, reinforcing an individual's capacity to align intentions with actions. Furthermore, exploring the role of emotional intelligence within self-discipline opens up new dimensions. Daniel Goleman's work highlights how emotional intelligence, or EQ, encompasses self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, and social skills. A person with high EQ is better equipped to manage their emotions and impulses, which is imperative for maintaining self-discipline. The ability to recognize and understand one's emotional states can guide the deployment of self-discipline in a manner that is responsive rather than reactionary, avoiding the pitfall of rigidity that sometimes accompanies disciplined endeavors. Considering the social and environmental aspects, the influence of one's social network cannot be understated. The theory of social contagion suggests that behaviors, including self-discipline, can be significantly affected by the people we surround ourselves with. As social creatures, humans have a proclivity to mirror the habits and work ethics of their peers. Thus, cultivating a social environment that embodies discipline and a high degree of conscientiousness can propel an individual towards their objectives, making self-discipline more attainable through communal reinforcement and support. Moreover, the concept of keystone habits identified by Duhigg offers a profound insight into how certain habits can trigger a cascade of behavior changes and can, therefore, be fundamental in mastering self-discipline. A keystone habit acts as a cornerstone setting off a chain reaction that helps other good habits take hold. For instance, regular exercise is a keystone habit that often leads to better eating habits, improved productivity, and deeper sleep, all of which contribute to fortified self-discipline. The process of mastering self-discipline also resonates with the idea of anti-fragility, as described by Nassim Nicholas Taleb. Anti-fragility exceeds resilience or robustness, it's about systems that thrive and grow when exposed to volatility, randomness, and stressors. Similarly, the practice of self-discipline benefits from challenges and setbacks. Instead of breaking under pressure, an individual who is anti-fragile will adapt, 
becoming more disciplined through the trials. The excursion into the tapestry of self-discipline unveils its multifaceted nature. This complex interweaving of psychology, philosophy, neuroscience, social science, and personal value systems emphasizes that mastering self-discipline is far from a linear trajectory. It demands a confluence of knowledge, wisdom, and continuous adaptation to internal and external stimuli. Yet self-discipline in pursuit of objectives is not merely about the adherence to a rigid set of rules or guidelines. It is rather the adaptive implementation of structured flexibility. The mastery of self-discipline does not call for an austere life devoid of enjoyment, but one where enjoyment is chosen wisely, savored completely, and balanced against the demands of long-term fulfillment. Mastering self-discipline is undeniably the keystone of attaining objectives, forming the bedrock upon which personal and professional achievements are built. To comprehensively grasp its paramount importance, it is crucial to interlink the previously discussed concepts, values, vision, mindfulness, emotional intelligence, social contagion, keystone habits, and anti-fragility with overlapping principles from other domains. From the principles of behavioral economics, we gain insights into self-discipline through the understanding of delayed gratification. The famous Stanford Marshmallow Experiment illuminates the significance of resisting short-term temptation to achieve long-term benefits. This ability to delay gratification speaks directly to the core of self-discipline, suggesting that the mastery of impulses is linked to better life outcomes. In the philosophical realm, Stoicism offers a potent framework for fostering self-discipline. Stoics like Epictetus and Marcus Aurelius propose the cultivation of inner fortitude and control over emotions, focusing on what we can influence while accepting what we cannot. This philosophy teaches the acceptance of setbacks as part of the natural order, aligning closely with the anti-fragile nature of self-discipline, which not only withstands, but also grows stronger from adversity. From cognitive psychology, the model of self-regulation is instructive in understanding self-discipline. It involves setting goals, monitoring and evaluating one's behavior, and the deployment of self-restraint. A clear set of goals provides the cognitive structure needed for disciplined action. Self-regulation ensures that discipline is a dynamic process of feedback and adjustment, mirroring the concept of structured flexibility. In cognitive neuroscience, the role of the prefrontal cortex in self-discipline is highlighted. This part of the brain is associated with executive functions such as planning, decision-making, and impulse control. Research shows that strengthening this brain region through activities that require focus and self-control can improve our capacity for self-discipline, underpinning the idea that disciplining the mind fortifies the self-discipline required for achieving objectives. Finally, in the realm of habit formation and behavioral change, James Clear's Atomic Habits underlines the power of tiny, incremental improvements. By focusing on the consistency of small actions rather than grand, sweeping changes, mastery of self-discipline becomes more sustainable. Clear emphasizes the compound effect of habits over time, correlating with the earlier concept of keystone habits and their transformative potential. These models and ideas, when interlaced, display the comprehensive and integrative nature of self-discipline. It requires not just a singularity of approach, but a symphony of strategies, each harmonized with individual life contexts. In conclusion, 
The mastery of self-discipline is revealed as the synthesis of multiple wisdom traditions, scientific research, and practical strategies. It is not conceived in isolation, but by the interplay of intrinsic values, consistent mindful practice, emotional regulation, supportive social environments, the reinforcement of keystone habits, and the embrace of anti-fragility in the face of life's stressors. Above all, it affirms the power of self-discipline as a conscious choice, a volitional commitment to a life that balances the joy of immediate experience with the substantial rewards of long-term dedication to one's vision and goals. Through this dynamic equilibrium, the individual embarks on a pathway not just to objective attainment, but to comprehensive self-mastery and the fulfillment of their highest potential. In this section, we delved into self-discipline, an ever-evolving practice that's essential for achieving our goals. We explored the psychology of self-discipline through concepts like delayed gratification, highlighted by the Stanford Marshmallow Experiment. Our discussion extended into the philosophical stoicism that aligns self-discipline with a rational assessment of long-term benefits and the strengthening of self-discipline like a muscle through neuroscience. We addressed the role of self-discipline in navigating complex environments, learning from failures, and shaping habits. We also discussed the paradox of choice, strategies for flow states, and the alignment of self-discipline with personal values and vision based on Viktor Frankl's logotherapy. Further, we integrated the concepts of mindfulness and emotional intelligence in the cultivation of self-discipline. The significance of the social environment and keystone habits was also covered alongside the concept of anti-fragility as it relates to self-discipline. We synthesized viewpoints from various disciplines, revealing self-discipline as an orchestration of knowledge, wisdom, and adaptation. The section concluded with the understanding that self-discipline is a sophisticated synthesis of strategies geared towards objective attainment, self-mastery, and long-term fulfillment. That about wraps it all up. Thanks for listening to episode number 10 of the Infinite Knowledge Podcast and our exploration of today's topic on disruptive strategies, altered states, and self-discipline tactics interact with achievement of objectives. We can't wait to release future episodes where we continue exploring intellectually stimulating knowledge. Be sure you are subscribed and remember to share this episode on social media. Until next time, take care.